Well, if I have not had the opportunity to meet you before, my name is Grant. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Christ the King. We're so glad that you've chosen to be a part of us. Thanks for being here at the Bellingham campus. We want to give a special welcome to our family who's meeting at the Ferndale campus. We're glad that you're here. We want to welcome especially those who are joining us online as well. Whenever you happen to be with us, we're glad that you're here. And uh, thanks so much for being a part of our church family. I want to give you a couple of brief announcements as we get started. This is ministry kickoff week at Christ the King, which means most of the stuff that goes on around here is starting this week. And it's a little crazy. And everybody was, you know, emailing me, Grant, can you announce this? Can you announce this? Can you announce this? So ready? Here you go. These are the things that are starting this week. Pre-marriage mentoring, Financial Peace University, Imago Day class, Why Christians Get Stuck, Changes 12-Step Support Group, Standing Firm, Divorce Care, Truth Project, Women's Ministry, Adventureland, Flipside, Docs of the Youth Ministry, Baptism classes next week. And that's just to name a few. So... You have a program in front of you that has all of this stuff inside of it. We've been talking about going deep, and I just want to encourage you to take some time after the service, go through, and ask this question. God, where do you want me to purposefully go deep at Christ the King this fall? It's going to be a wonderful season. We're excited about all of the ministries kicking off. We hope that you'll be a part of of some of those. A special mention about baptism. We'll be baptizing in two weeks We're doing this a little differently than we have before. So next week is the baptism class after the 1130 service. If you'd like to be baptized, we'd love to be a part of that. But you have to come to the class in order to get wet. That's how it works, okay? So if you could uh, look in your program, all of the outline and everything is in there. And you can follow along with us as we go through the next couple of weeks and kick off this great ministry season. So last week we began a scary journey, at least scary for me. A journey into spiritual depth, and we started with a working definition for spiritual depth, and we defined it this way. We called it an intimate knowledge of God. Not knowing about God, but knowing God. We learned together from Paul's prayer to the Philippian church that the outcome of spiritual depth has to be always, 100% of the time, spiritual depth has to have as its result deeper love for God, a deeper love for God's people, and an even deeper love for people who don't even know God yet. We learn from Scripture, we are responsible to take up the challenge of our own spiritual growth. We can't shift that responsibility to another person or to another group of people. And we talked about, and I hurt myself showing you, that some of us end up turtled underneath of the diving board of faith Because we know that God's calling us deeper, but we're just terrified to let go. So instead of jumping off into a new world and a new adventure of of where God is calling us deeper, we end up taking up resonance. And we get stuck. And we don't want to let go simply because we're scared. Somebody asked me a clarifying question after I told my story last week and said, So Grant, did you ever actually jump off the diving board? And the truth is I did. I did. And I remember the week, the week when I went to swimming lessons and Ellis Krauston, why I remember his name, I have no idea, all right? But Ellis was, was there and he goes, guys, guess what we're going to do today? We're going to learn how to dive off the diving board. And I freaked out because the diving board was over the deep end. And we'd been swimming in the shallow end where everything was perfect and you could touch. And he says, we're going to go down there and this is how we're going to do it. And so I remember, you know, got my little swimsuit thing and I'm kind of standing on the end there and and he's like, go on up to the end of the diving board. And so I do the little shuffle, you know, I'm up to the end of the diving board. And it's like, that's really deep down there. 
And I remember him. He stood kind of off to the side, on the side of the pool. And he said, Grant, he goes, he goes you're going to dive off the end of the diving board. I'm like, maybe. Because I contemplated, like I, t- I talked about, you know, I might make the walk of shame back to the other end of the diving board and walk past everybody that's coming up the ladder. But I get out to the end, and just when I'm ready, you know, I'm psyching myself up. And just when I'm ready to go, he, he says, don't jump that way. What? And you're not going to jump off the end of the board. I want you to jump off the side of the board. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, this is actually cool. Because that way looks like death to me. This way actually looks somewhat manageable because the side of the pool is not that far away. Because this is what I want you to do. I want you to jump off and then I want you to swim to me. And suddenly, because I wasn't just throwing myself in this way, my fear level started to go down. And let me tell you why my fear level went down. My fear level went down because all of a sudden, I have a nationally certified lifeguard sitting less than 10 feet away from me. That's a great thing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's dove off a diving board before. He's completely equipped. And this is the other cool thing. He's actually right there. I mean, if I stretch really far, I might even be able to touch him if he stretches back the other way. So I've got his presence. I've got his wisdom. And then I'm thinking to this. I mean, if he lets me drown, my parents are going to sue him something awful. So he at least has to fake that he cares about me. That's kind of cool too. And so I remember being at the end of the diving board and jumping. And I jumped, hit the water, smack, came back up to the surface, started doing, oh, you know, arm reach, flutter kick, all that stuff that we learned when we were learning how to swim. And, and, and I'm, I'm going. And as I'm going and reaching my hand thinking, where is the side of the pool? I feel a very strong hand grab around my wrist and pull me to the side. When I came up for air, this is what I discovered. Ellis was not sitting on the edge of the pool anymore. When I hit the water, so did he. When I dove in, he dove in too. To make sure that I would get exactly where I wanted to go. All of a sudden, his wisdom, his presence, and his love were freed up for me. And I was not afraid from that point on to go deep. I've heard a lot of people say this past, this, this past week, I want to go deep, but I'm scared. I've heard other people say, you know, I want to go deep, and I seem to be there for a little while, but I always kind of chicken out and come back up for air. I've heard other people say, I'd love to go deep, I just haven't got a clue how. Well, I'd like to speak to all of those spiritual concerns this weekend by giving you a picture of of God's presence and God's wisdom and God's love. Here we go. Let's start with this truth. If you'd like to follow along in your outline here, Bellingham and Ferndale, let's just follow along together. We made an admission last, last week. Let's stick with it. Going deep can be scary, but the Bible has some promises for us. Firstly, the Bible promises God's presence. I mean, having the faith to go deep is radically altered when you realize that God is already waiting for you immersed in spiritual depth. If you don't get anything else, take this one with you. God never calls you to where he is not. Do you get that? Come on. God never calls you to where he is not. He always calls us to where he already is. My friends, God is in the deep. Let's go a step further. God is the deep. God has immersed himself in spiritual depth, and he's calling us not to where he's not, but to where he already is. 
King David had suffered deep pain in his life. He'd suffered deep embarrassment because he deeply sinned against God. And yet as a man after God's own heart, he wrote these words about God's presence. He asked this question. He goes, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You may have heard as I read that, just that little tiny phrase in there, if I make my bed in the depths. The word depth there is actually literally translated from the ancient language as sheol. It's the place of the dead. David is saying, even if I make my bed in the place of the dead, even there I can't escape God's presence because his presence is all-consuming. Let me tell you what David is saying to those of us who are in Whatcom County right here, right now. He's saying this, Jesus is there when your business fails. Jesus is there when the diagnosis is cancer. He is there when it goes wrong. He's there in the tears. He's there in the laughter. He's there in the storm. He's there in the success. He's there in the blessing. We get caught up in the second part Oh, failed business, tears, laughter. Oh, that's really, really hard. And we forget that we're supposed to be focusing as the people of God, the deep, spiritually substantive people of God, on the front end of that, the three most powerful words. He is there. That's the promise of his presence. Let's move on from God's presence to God's wisdom. The Bible also promises, even though going deep can be scary, We are promised God's wisdom. As we pursue spiritual depth, we have available to us the wisdom of God that will guide and direct our pursuit of him. The Apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 11. He said this. He said, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? Or from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. I mean, our pursuit of God involves learning the ways of his wisdom while acknowledging we are never going to be able to figure those out. Has anyone else ever come to the point where you've had to admit that you are completely clueless as to why God does what he does when he does it. Anybody else? Ferndale, telling the truth? Okay. Ten years ago, I was unemployed and freaking out. I'd walked away from a ministry position. I had no idea where we were going or what we were going to do. I was working a construction job that I knew absolutely nothing about. Angry, bitter, frustrated, and I was angry at God. I thought God had lost touch with my reality. I was angry. I thought for some reason he just kind of misplaced his wisdom when it came to me, that I'd somehow fallen off the grid, fallen off the map, and that there was no way that I was ever going to get back into the middle of God's plan again. I remember being so unbelievably frustrated with him that I just kind of, I'm not even following your wisdom anymore. I'm done. I'm going to do this on my own. I think I can actually manage my own life. Anybody else ever said that foolish statement before? Wow. In the middle of all of that, my phone rang one day. Hi, Grant. My name's Steve. I work at a place called Christ the King. Would you like to have lunch? 
I had no idea what God was up to. No clue at all. In fact, I was convinced he'd lost it. Ten years later, with crow feathers sticking out of my mouth, I look back now and go, oh, that's what you were up to. Because his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we can't wrap our head around just how wise God is, even when it doesn't seem or appear to make sense. I remember that time of my life. Man, I was in over my head, but I wouldn't trade that time for anything. In that process, God called me to pray deeper and love deeper and study deeper and trust deeper. I mean, for me, in those moments, it was sink or swim, and I was sunk, but he was there, and I was so thankful. He knew everything that was going on. God's presence, God's wisdom, and then finally, God's love. I love this one. Here's another prayer I've been praying with Pastor Paul the Apostle from Ephesians chapter 3. He was praying it for the church in Ephesus. I've been praying it for the church of Christ the King. The Bible says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Paul is praying that all of us, the people of God, could somehow even just try to wrap our minds around how wide, how long, how deep, how high, how four-dimensional, how all-consuming, how completely mind-blowing, how completely unfathomable is the love of God for each and every one of us. If we could just catch even the tiniest little piece of it, I guarantee you, you'll be overwhelmed with how much God truly does love you, no matter what we've done no matter how shallow we may have stayed, no matter how many years we've wasted, all of it, Scripture says, is lost in the vast expanse of God's love. I can't even even come up with a word picture to explain to you how big it is. It's a complete and total waste of time. Imagine the biggest vessel you can imagine ever, and you're not even close to containing the amount of love that God has for God's people, all summed up in an expression, the most glorious expression of love, to think that God would die, would send his son Jesus to die to save us. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinning, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 8 says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or a sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered the sheep to be slaughtered. No. I bet Paul put his quill through the paper when he carved out that word. No! In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody say amen. 
That's just amazing to me. I mean, let's just sum that up with these three truths so that we understand just how firmly we stand as we get ready to plumb the depths of what God has for us this fall. I summarized it this way. My pursuit of spiritual depth has three elements to it. It is the power of God's presence. Power in the presence of God. Power to release what needs to be released. Power to hold on to what needs to hold on, be held on to. Power to live victoriously and not find ourselves turtled at the end of a faith adventure. Spiritual depth. It has the power of God's presence. Secondly, the strength of God's wisdom. His wisdom is there to guide and direct you. Scripture says you can ask for it, that God will joyfully give it to you in abundance. And thirdly, after the strength of God's wisdom, is the security of God's love. Here's the promise, my friends. If you know Jesus, He will not let you drown. No matter how deep it seems, He will not let you you drown. Psalm 42, King David talking again. He says this, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfall. All of your waves and your breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. David says, I feel like I'm drowning in the depths of God's love. And as much as I'm tempted to come back to the surface, it's like God has become the liquid oxygen in my soul. I talked a little bit about kind of the why of spiritual depth. I mean, when you look at that, God's wisdom, God's presence, and God's love, who wouldn't want to try that? And in a few moments, we're going to move from the why to some of the how. And as we move to the how, I want you to understand in real time with real life stories how it is that some people in our church are already doing this. Last Sunday afternoon, we had a leadership gathering. Approximately 300 leaders of Christ the King gathered in a room over here. We, had, we just had a great time together. I was inspired by their presence. And at one point, without her knowing about it, I handed a microphone to a lady by the name of Anita Rotsasender. There's a good name. Anita came and saw me, I think it's about 18 months ago, and basically said this, my granddaughter has asked me to lead a small group of teenage girls. You got any ideas? <laughs> got a few. So we started to talk started to share, and I loved it because Anita said she, um, she was just a little in over her head. So she started leading a group, and she discovered something. This group of teenage girls wanted to go deep. Well, if you're supposed to lead a group of people that are wanting to go deep, you better get in the pool first. So Anita started pressing in, and God started blessing the fact that she took a flying faith leap, and the group began to grow. 10, 15, 20. Pretty soon... She didn't have a small group. She had a small church. And they started asking God, God, what do you want us to do? A couple of weeks ago on a Monday night, I sat in somebody else's garage and a group of people gathered around to hear the report of what Anita and her mission team did when they went to Oaxaca, Mexico this past summer to feed and love children in a little tiny village. 
this grandma got so inspired by the depth that God was calling to that she started a revolution all by herself. I hope that encourages you. I have a friend named Matthew. We talked this past week, and I asked him the question from last week. Matthew, where are you, where are you purposefully going deep this fall at Christ the King Community Church? This was his answer to me. He said, I'm going to believe the fact that God says I need friends. I'm going to believe your words when you said Christianity is a team sport. Now, you need to understand something about my friend Matthew. He's a dairy farmer. He's tough as nails. And he said this after saying that he believed God was calling him deeper into relationships. He said, and I quote, I like cows better than people. They're faithful, they listen, they don't talk back, and they give more than they get. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, he said, I'm going to go for the first time in my life into a biblical community because I know God doesn't want me to do this alone. That's his deep. I met a young guy in this past week named Cody. Cody's going very, very deep. We had coffee at Starbucks over by Costco. He spent the summer at J.H. Ranch, and in his words, God turned him upside down. He came back home and is working. He's going to school. He's also trying to raise $11,000 because his goal ultimately is to end up at a J.H. Ranch in Israel so he can tell people there about Jesus. I mean, that's an incredible thing for a 20-year-old kid to say, I'm giving my life. My whole life is now going to revolve around this deeper pursuit of the things of God. He says, I'm trying to raise $11,000. That's deep. But for the record, that need is not very deep to a God who has limitless resources. Seriously. I hung out with Derek Braun this past week. It was a busy week. Many of you know Derek. Derek has been a volunteer worship leader here at Christ the King. He's leaving us in a couple of weeks to go to Los Angeles on a faith adventure. And I asked him to summarize his deep spiritual, his deep spiritual journey. Derek has been called as a missionary into the music industry in Los Angeles. He does digital music on a computer. I don't know how he does it, but it's cool, okay? And so we're sitting talking about how he has been brought to this point. I mean, he, he had a master's degree in Chinese studies at 22 years old. This guy is wicked smart. And he's leaving it all behind to go to L.A. because he believes people down there still need Jesus. I agree with him, all right? And he wrote this. I asked him to summarize an hour conversation into four sentences. Here's what he wrote. I will never know everything, but I believe I can know God. I'm never going to have any full knowledge of anything in life. I'm always going to be lacking but despite this fact, which is difficult to admit, I can know God. And since 1 John says that God is love, this means that I can know true love, which is far better than knowing everything. Wow. You know, each one of these people at some point had to leave where they presently were to get to where they wanted to be. 
They had to step out of their comfort zone, whether it was out of their living room to go halfway around the world or, or to go into a relationship, whatever it happened to be. They, 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 had to, they had to step out in order to be obedient where God was calling them because God, in every single one of their cases, was calling them deeper. Can I tell you something? No matter who you are or how you arrived here today, God right now is calling you into a deeper relationship with him. That applies to 100% of us. All of us are being called out. But it's scary because the journey looks different for all of us. Did you notice, according to these stories, that it's not a one-size-fits-all proposition? It's different for everybody. And we get to these moments where God calls us out, and this is where we tend to meet resistance from the enemy of our souls. Because like we talked about last week, we kind of get down here on the end, and I'm not going under the diving board because I got bruises like you have no idea. But we get stuck here and out the end, and it's just like, this is good. I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. And we have the promises. You just heard it. God is incredible love, incredible wisdom, incredible presence. He's there waiting for us, calling, saying, come on, trust me. Jump. I won't let you down. I promise. I won't let you drown. You're, just come on. This is where the adventure starts. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And you know why that happens? Because we get out to this part and we get stuck and we listen to what the enemy's saying to us. Because we start looking down over the end. And we're just like, it doesn't look that deep from here. In fact, it's wet, but it just doesn't look that deep. And I kind of feel alone. And there's scary sea creatures in the bottom of that pool. I can, <laughs> I can see them. So, I know God said and God promised, but, but I think instead of actually believing him and jumping, I'm just going to stay right here. And live an uneventful, non-challenging, boring, sedate Christian life. And just hope someday that maybe the promise that God did keep is the one that I get to go to heaven. Are you kidding me? Why would we believe an enemy who says... God's deep's not big enough to catch you. God's not there. God's not smart enough to figure this out. Why would we? The reason he's lying to us is because it's the truth. This is exactly where the enemy wants you to spend the rest of your life. He don't want you to move. He doesn't want you to budge. He wants you to stay here and pray here and hang out here because it's nice and safe and comfortable. You know what this is? It's dead. That's what this is. And Jesus said, lukewarm believers who get stuck here get spit. That's a different kind of deep. They get spit out of God's mouth. In fact, God says, I'd rather that you walk back to the other end of the diving board. I'd rather you be cold than be this. And he's looking for just a few of us. 
to actually believe what our Bible says and do what our Bible says and live like our Bible says because there he says, that's me, Jesus. A lot of why. Maybe we better talk a little bit about how. I'm going to ask you to take something out of your program that for me um, has been a labor of love for a really long time and so many people have helped it get to this point. So if you could take out this little deep thing. Just look for the toes on the end of the diving board, okay? Before you open it, I'm going to ask you just to hold it in your hand. Sorry, caught some of you off guard. Sorry, Ferndale. Okay. If you could just hold it for a second. Because there's a few things I want to say about this before we even open it. This is not a checklist. May God never allow it to be a checklist. This is not your report card. May God never allow it to be that. This is not a list of classes that you can take so that someday you can walk in and say, I have arrived. Okay? This is not a consumer-driven buffet that will allow you to be selfish. May Christ the King never be a church that has people inside of it. It's like, I'm going to take a little bit of this and 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 I'm going to complain very loudly when they don't have tomatoes on the buffet. It's not what this is. This is not an exhaustive list of everything that Christ the King does or wants to do so that you'll go deeper. It's not. This is not the only way that you can grow deeper in Jesus. Cody, Anita, Derek, and Matthew have never seen this before, and apparently they're going deep just fine. This is just help. That's all it is. This is a springboard if you're spiritually stuck. This is a starting point. So this is what I want you to do. If you could open it up. Across the top, you're going to see what I hope is going to become a very familiar acrostic. Discover, explore, experience, and pursue. And I'd like, in just a couple of moments here, for you just to consider whether or not you find yourself here today trying to discover. Because maybe that little statement under there fits you. I'm trying to discover who Jesus is and what he did. And maybe this is you. I come to church, but I know very little about the Bible, who God is, who Jesus is, or what my life would be like if I followed him. Can I tell you something? If you right now are saying, that's me, I'm trying to discover that, can I tell you from the bottom of my heart, you are so in the right place. And we have been waiting for you and preparing for you. This is, we want to give everything we have to you. Because you matter to God and people matter to God. And that means you matter to us. And all of us at some point, we were deep in the D. Deep. Maybe E would explore you, the first one there. Explore. Or would explain where you're at today. And you're exploring a life that follows after Jesus. And you would say this. I've decided to follow Jesus. I want to learn more of who God is and how he sees me. I want to understand and live out what God wants for me and from me. Maybe you're under that explore area. And I'm just asking. Try right now just to kind of figure out where you are. Maybe you're under the experience, E. 
and you want to experience a life transformed by Jesus. And this would describe you today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is changing how I think, feel, and act. I'm compelled to respond in love and service to him and others. If that's you, awesome. And maybe you're way over here on this other side. Maybe you're pursuing a life of purpose centered on Jesus. And this would describe you. My life has been forever changed by Jesus. I'm willing to do whatever he asks to serve him, his church, and then the world that he loves. I just want you to look across there and just think to yourself in the privacy of your own heart. Okay, where am I really? Honestly. Where, well, where am I there? Now, wherever you find yourself, okay? Wherever you find yourself, If you look deep down the page, you're going to find opportunities, decisions, service places, spiritual disciplines, and at the bottom of each one of those is an outcome if you simply decide you're going to go deep in that area. That's it. Okay? So you're finding where I am, and then you're looking deep down the page, and there are opportunities, decisions, action steps, disciplines, all sorts of stuff, so that at the bottom, you can say, I've actually gone deeper because now this is a good description of me. If you look under the D column, that sounded like Jeopardy, sorry. If you look under the D, way down at the bottom, by the time you're done exploring and going deep in that area, here's the outcome. I'm going to walk out of here with a clear understanding of what the Bible teaches about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and me. I'm going to have a sense of belonging and community. I'm going to have a growing trust in the promises of God. I'm going to have a growing sense of God's love for me. We would love for everyone at Christ the King to have that. That sounds like a very good thing for me. So, here's your homework for this week. I want you to have an honest conversation with God. Say, God, where am I? And then I want you to look down and remember that you're responsible for your own spiritual growth. And then I want you to pray. Say, God, I I don't care what Grant wants me to do. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go deeper? You know, I'm going to tell you something. These things are scary for me because I understand that for most of us, we're an exception to all of this stuff. I get it. At Christ the King, when I showed up here, I heard people say, it's okay to not be okay. That's true. But I want you to tell, I want to tell you something. It's not okay to stay not okay. We want you to find wholeness in Jesus. We want you to find peace and joy and a purposeful life of discipleship. We want that for you. Not saying we all got it, but we're going that direction. I mean, I showed up at CTK, honestly. I thought I was over here in the purple column. And I started hanging out with a group of wide-eyed rebels at this crazy church in Bellingham. And they started talking to me about recovery and figuring out all of my issues are. And I thought I was just fine and I wasn't. I was freaking out. And I ended up coming all the way back here. And I discovered that I was addicted to pleasing people. I discovered that I had a religious addiction, and it was killing me. And I worked through a whole bunch of stuff. I have done 12 steps five times, and this January, woo-hoo, we're on for number six. So (laughs) we're all in a process. 
all of us. Our goal of Christ the King is for everybody who's on a spiritual journey, journey to pursue moving down. And God willing, have you move someday to the right too. So that you can say at the end of your life that you have a deep sense of personal fulfillment and purpose, that you have an inescapable life mission, that you know what it means to be content in every circumstance, that your life is completely consumed because it's being led moment by moment by the Holy Spirit, and that you've seen God actually reproduce your passion for Him in the life of another human being. I think before we just blow through this and allow this to become a really nice bookmark in our Bible, we should probably spend four or five minutes just asking Jesus what he thinks. Not about this, but about us. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. I'm going to turn the uh, service in Ferndale over to the worship team there as well, and you're going to be having a moment of reflection just we are here at Bellingham. Thanks for coming, Ferndale. We appreciate it. And the worship team's going to come, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? I'm going to ask you to answer last week's question. Acknowledging that God has called you to be responsible for your spiritual growth. Where are you purposely going deep with Jesus this fall at Christ the King? If you want to sing with the worship team, you can. If you want to sit quietly and have a conversation and ask God the question, be my guest. If you want to sit and mark out where you are right now and then start looking down, be my guest. This is just our best attempt as a church to live out the second half of our mission. Which means we want to grow up and grow deep in Him. So if you'll remain seated, unless of course God tells you to stand up and listen to Him, not me. Okay, Let's worship together for a few minutes. I look around the room tonight and I see some people who were bent this past year that you didn't break. Some of you lost relationships. Some of you lost things that would last in eternity. And you bent, but you didn't break. And there's only one reason why you're still standing. Because you grew deep into him. And he carried you and he sheltered you. And he still loves you. That's not in the notes, but it needed to be said. Crisis will come, my friends. We will be driven and tossed by the wind. And the secret to not being blown down is being deeply rooted Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for loving us and watching over us. God, I pray this piece of paper wouldn't become a bookmark in our Bible, but that it would become a guide to a deeper relationship with you. And we will trust you with it because I believe it's from your hand. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.